Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Parenting Cipher, where each episode will give you the tools and resources to help your child thrive in school and in life. Please rate and review this podcast. I'd love to hear your feedback. And also hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Hello, everybody. So today, it's just me. (laughs) On today's show, I decided to talk about navigating family and friends during the holiday, especially coming out of COVID. Because one of the things that I've noticed since my boys have been going back to school is that, you know, we are used to not really being around a lot of people. (laughs) And that's not necessarily a bad thing. However, when you have children with various diagnoses, you know, with the social challenges, auditory challenges, sensory challenges, For them, it's like going zero to 100 because we're living our regular daily lives. Sometimes we kind of don't cue into that. So I have really been thinking about, you know, we just had Thanksgiving, but just really thinking about like when it comes to family and friends coming out of COVID, how can I support my kids? And honestly, as parents, we are reactive. So we probably had our muscles all flexed before COVID, you know, being prepared (laughs) For all the different things. And now it's kind of like we haven't really done it for over a year and a half. So, you know, I wanted to give some tips today. And usually when I deal with relatives and my kids' challenges, when I first started my journey, I didn't realize that it was actually stressful for me. How about that? Like, I'm just, you know, reacting, reacting, covering, reacting, you know, making sure my boys don't offend anybody, making excuses for them. And when I say excuses, not the, hey, my son has autism spectrum disorder. You know, my son has an auditory problem. He really can't hear you. No, not actually what's going on, right? Not that part. I'm over here like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, he doesn't know any better. I'll talk to them. No, especially after a family member will say something like, oh, you didn't teach your kid better? Like you didn't teach them? You know, that they need to wait until I finish speaking or a dolphin is speaking before they speak. Like, you didn't teach them that. And I'm kind of like, whoa, whoa. I'm feeling bad because I want to show up as like a good parent. And for most of us culturally, you know, kids are well behaved. So if your kid, especially when you're dealing with your elders group, oh my goodness, when you deal with the elders, it's like, They have that box. Your kids need to stay in that box. And if your kids are not in that box, it's your problem, right? And it took me a minute to actually realize what was happening and that it was stressful for me. And what I had started to do unconsciously was, you know, I go to that. (laughs) You know, I would play all these scenarios in my head on all the ways it could go left or right. I didn't really feel like talking to people about it, you know, so we might not show up at all the things. And when we did, you know, it was get kind of like that bob and weave type situation. So, (laughs) you know, 
Um, and then from there, you know, with my immediate family, I really started having conversations with them and explaining to them what was going on in a way where it's, I'm not making excuses. This is what it is. And if you want to support them or myself, like this is actually how you do it. Okay. Because a lot of relatives only see your kid in that little snap. Like I haven't seen you all year or I've seen you twice a year. Like they're not with your kids all the time. They're not with you all the time. And even if you tell them the one time, that was like a blip on the radar. So sometimes it feels like, oh, I got to keep telling you. But sometimes that's what we have to do, you know. And don't come from a place of like, I'm embarrassed or come from a place of something is wrong with my kid because they can't meet your standards. Like, no, this is what it is. You know, like I told my brother, my son has auditory processing disorder. Does he know what that is? Hell no, he don't know what that is. (laughs) Shoot. But. I didn't just say it like, oh, he has auditory processing disorder. Boom, that's it. You know, I went into a conversation with him about how when my son hears what it's like for him. So he has difficulty discerning two sounds at once. It could be overwhelming for him, right? And when that happens, this is how he reacts. He may have like an outburst of, I need people to be quiet. You know, he might have an outburst of, can you just stop? And it's like, out of the blue, it seems very rude, but this is what's happening. And when this happens, you know, ask him, are you okay? Do you need to take a break? Maybe you need to go to a quiet place. Like really being supportive, but also explaining how people can help you. And, you know, just lean a little bit more into that. You know, I wanted to talk about this past holiday. (laughs) And my son, Xavier, sees his grandmother on his father's side and he doesn't see her often. Actually, he hasn't seen her in like maybe two and a half years. And I always try to get her to get a picture. Like, can you give us a picture? She's like, I don't take pictures because I know if he sees her in a picture and I have it around a house, (laughs) that he'll recognize her when he sees her. So, you know, we go to her house. He's not happy. He's not happy because we had made previous plans for him to go see his cousins. We all know things change. My father wasn't feeling well, so they couldn't go. And he had a really hard time pivoting, you know, into doing something different. You know, so I'm out here in these streets. I don't know about y'all, but, you know, I will put out a good incentive bribe, whatever you want to call it, okay? And I was like, hey, man, if you go with me to see your grandmother, I'll get you McDonald's, you know? So he goes... But he's not feeling it. He can't pivot. You know, we show up. He goes sits in the corner. You know, he's like five minutes. He's like, all right, can I go sit in the car? And I'm like, no, you may not sit in the car. And I'm like, ah, oh, sucky, sucky now. It's about to go left. So he says hi, right? And then she's like, what? He didn't want to come here? He didn't want to see me? And I said, well, not really. I mean, it's not about you. You know, he had other plans and he's just having difficulty. She was like, you didn't want to come see me? So she turns to Xavier. She says, you didn't want to come see me? You know, I'm the grandmother that gives you cards for your birthday every year with money in them. And then you send me videos. And he, I swear, he looks at her. I've never seen him do this. And I don't know if it was arrow or he cut his eyes left. I was like, oh, shut because grandma uh, don't play. And um, she's like, okay, so, you know, back in the day, kids who roll their eyes get pop. And I'm like, oh. so he gets up, he walks out. And I'm just like, oh, jeez, man, so ugly. 
But I'm proud of myself. And I'm going to tell you why I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of myself because I didn't back down. Like, I'm one of the type of people, my son says, like, you know, as adults, we do white lies where we don't want people to feel bad. So we're like, oh, no, that's not what's happening. So, you know, I do that. Like, you know, usually if someone was to say he didn't want to come see me, I'd be like, of course he wanted to come see you. But this time I was like, you know, not really, you know, and it's not personal. You know, I'm proud of myself for, you know, being real. Right. I'm also proud of myself where I didn't intervene, you know, back in, you know, a couple of years ago, I would have like cut off that entire interaction instead of letting it play itself out. And afterwards, you know, I said to Xavier, could you have been nice? And his response to me, and I kid you not, this is a quote. He said, could I have been nice? Yes, I could have, but I chose not to. Okay. And when he said that, it was like a mic drop. I was speechless. Why was I speechless? Because one, one thing about kids who have diagnosis, they're really literal. So me asking that question, I really didn't want a truthful answer. It was more of like a reflective piece, like a reflective question. Like He, he was supposed to think about it, but he was like, huh, yeah, I could have, but I didn't want to. It was nothing else for me to say at that point. You know, I walked away like, okay, all righty then. I can understand that. You know, he was not being disrespectful. He was just straight being honest. So I can accept that. But I was like, wow, I had to go in my room and think about that for a minute. You know, because my 20 parent self wanted to be like, boy, you're supposed to say yes. You're supposed to say, I'm going to do better. But that's not how conversation went. But he had another opportunity to see his grandmother. And what happened, it was a better interaction. And, you know, he gave her a hug. He spoke to her. But this is the funny piece about Xavier and his grandmother. For whatever reason, because he doesn't see pictures of her, we don't call her grandma. We call her Umi. Okay. So he's like, Umi is coming to town. You know your father's mother. And he's like, "Uh uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Umi, you know, who gives you the cards. Oh, okay. 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 And then she'll come and he's like, and I'm consistently reminding him, you understand why I keep reminding him it's his grandmother, you know, his dad's mom. He's like, okay, okay. You know, so the second visit, you know, we go visit her, you know, he's calmer. We've been talking about this for two days, like two days. You know, we're going to go see Umi on Thursday. We're going to see Umi on Thursday. It's Thursday. We're going to see Umi today at two o'clock. Okay. So we're doing all this like prep. And we get there, you know, he's talking to her, he's engaging with her. And his father is like grating the cheese for the mac and cheese. And he says, mother, is this enough cheese? And he whips his head around. He said, that's his mom. I'm like, boy, yes. I keep telling you that's his mother. And it's like that moment where you're kind of like, for real, for real, though. But hey, how his mind works is wondrous to me. And I just keep it moving. Like, I don't feel like I need to have a whole dialogue about I told you so. And I was like, yes, that's his mother. He was like, oh, really? Well, what should I call her? Because everyone keeps calling her Umi. Or should I call her grandma? And I said, well, why don't you go in there and, you know, ask her? So, you know, he goes in there, he asks her, you know, and they have a conversation. And it was a great visit. So there's always opportunity for not only us as parents to grow, but also for our kids. <laughs> right? And on one of the episodes of um, Electric Relaxation with my good, good girlfriend, Kendra, You know, we talk about interacting with family, you know, friends too, but really family. Family just because it's such a sensitive place when, you know, dealing with your kids. Because 
you know, on one hand, you're protecting your kids. You don't really want to have the conversation sometimes. You don't feel like explaining yourself. You know, you're coming from this place like it is what it is. So either we're going and we're engaging or sometimes we decide not to show up. Sometimes we get upset with family. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we will leave a family event and play situations throughout our head because someone said, you know, something to our child. And when I say something, I'm not talking about like somebody said I should beat you or spank you or anything like that or, you know, boy, watch him. I'm not talking about that. I mean, it could be something simple as a male to male interaction. You know, one that sticks out for me, which is like a long time ago, is my son used to suck his thumb. And, you know, my brother, we didn't see often at that point, you know, would come like, oh, take that thumb out your mouth. You know, you a boy, you'll be a man, you know. And I'm like, oh, I feel some kind of way about this entire conversation, but I wouldn't speak up, you know. So that's just an example. You know, I would have like little things like that happen. And I will reflect and I'm like, well, sometimes I'm thinking, well, damn, maybe, you know, they needed to hear that. And then sometimes I'm thinking, you know, like that was a little rough because one thing about social interaction is that it's like a cipher, you know, it's a circle. It's between two individuals. And what happens sometimes when we interact with people, it's not a circle. It's more of someone's giving something to you. You like it or you don't. And then from there, you decide if you're going to choose. And then sometimes if you don't like it, you just kind of like shut down, but you're not giving them anything that will help them interact better with you and your child. So instead, it's like a part of you kind of like writes them off as far as interactions. Like if someone was to say, oh, you know, do you want to go hang out with them in the park? Not, uh, no, I don't. Well, why not? Mm. Y'all know what I'm talking about. The, mm. <laughs> like, mm. Like, I'm not saying I don't like them, but you know, family, we always love them, but I ain't saying I don't like them, mm, mm, which is something, something happened last time. But what happened? Mm. So, you know, uh, Kendra and I really start, you know, talked about that during that episode. So, you know, to support all of us during these times, I started to think about and do a little bit of research on how can we prepare ourselves and our kids for family events. So let's go. The first one is know your child's triggers. So is it noise? Is it the unknown? Is it too many people in space? Is it a particular smell? And prepare for these triggers. Think about like for my son, we bring headphones for my oldest son, he has anxiety. So usually he has a fidget or something to squeeze on his headphones, actually, because he's 14. So he's been working on figuring out what works for him. So he will, you know, pull up his phone and listen to certain things when he becomes overwhelmed Two, you know, talk to the host ahead of time and talk about what to expect. So what does that look like? <laughs> Okay, so this is what this looks like. You want to know what's on the menu, right? Because if they don't have anything that you know your child may not eat, you know, and my son, the common word would be a picky eater, right? But as far as in this world of diagnosis, he has sensory disorder. So there's some foods he won't eat. So, you know, if I ask somebody like, what's on your menu? And he ain't eating it, okay? Then I will cook something or I will bring snacks or whatever that I know he will eat. Because if he is he starts to get hungry, the first thing he wants to do is leave. And he will just keep talking to me about it and just keep nagging me and nagging me, nagging me till my nerves are just like shot and we leave. So 
to head that off at the past, you know, I will cook something. Actually, we'll talk about like, what is it that you want to eat if they don't have it on the menu? And then even if people have it on the menu, let's be real. Everybody don't cook the way you cook. Just be honest. I'm not saying it's bad, but uh, ain't no cooking like you're cooking or a familiar place. Like if my son likes Panera mac and cheese, if that's something that he'll eat, you know, or like we have Crackle Barrel mac and cheese you know, that we microwave, that's like our go-to when we go out to other people's houses. So, you know, find out what's on that menu. And if it ain't looking right, bring back up. Ask them when do they plan on eating? Is it this type of situation where when you get there, you know, it's a buffet, everybody eats? Are they waiting for a certain amount of people? Like find that out as well, because once again, they start to get hungry. They start to get antsy. They start that, you know, can we eat? Can we eat? Mm, yeah, that, that, gets me all the time, every time. And that's even with my 14-year-old. <laughs> okay, so the third tip, talk to your child ahead of time to prepare them for what the day is going to look like so that you also can create strategies around them. So I mentioned earlier that the second time we went to see his grandmother, I was consistently telling my son, we're going to see your grandmother. You know, we're going to see your grandmother. So basically I'm preparing him I'm like, we're going to go to your grandmother. We're going to stay this long. It's going to be at your father's house. We're going to sit there and talk to her. You know, we're going to get something to eat before. So I'm giving him a layout of what the day looks like so he can mentally prepare himself. And the fourth tip is learn to recognize when your child is starting to become overwhelmed and be ready to leave quickly if needed. So I don't want to speak for everybody, but the quick leave, yeah. The quickly, yeah, I think we got that down pat. But what I wanted to say about this particular tip is the quickly you could really be, you know, like with my son, I said, we're going to be here for 30 minutes. We're going to be here for 45 minutes because you can always tell them like we have 10 more minutes or we have whatever. Hopefully when I do this with my son, I'm hoping that he will engage with something, someone, you know, his cousins where time will fly. However, sometimes you know, your kid has a bad day. Sometimes there's other things going on with them and they can't last that long. And that's just something that we as adults have to accept because sometimes when we push them beyond their limit, then it goes all the way sideways. So the quick leave can be looked at in various ways, but what it is to you is what it is to you. But know that it could be you setting a time limit to leave in hopes that they want to stay longer. It could actually be, oh, time to go. We all had that. Oh, time to go. It could just be that. It could be that quick. It could be that simple. Like, oh, time to get out of here. So just to review the tips, you know, know your child's triggers. You know, talk to the host ahead of time. Find out what you can expect and make plans around those. Talk to your child ahead of time and prepare them for the day. And learn to recognize when your child is starting to become overwhelmed. And you might need to make a quick exit. So... When I was preparing for this episode, I went to one of my favorite resources, which is understood.org. If you have not checked that site out, check out the show notes. It's there for you to click on understood.org. It is a great site for parents navigating all differences. So social, emotional, behavior, physical strategies in school, out of school, you know, and they have created a holiday behavior worksheet for kids. And I am looking at this and I, what I love about it is it breaks things down categories. So, you know, gatherings, you know, holiday meals, exchanging gifts, 
and they do a check off of what things that they are going to do. And this helps with creating that strategy. So for instance, one of the categories is gatherings and it has an option of like greeting or hugging relatives, hanging out with other kids, wearing dressy clothes, having nothing to do and feeling antsy, answering adults' questions, dealing with noise and crowds. So what I like about this is we can look at this checklist as expectations or strategies or talking to our child about which one do they feel they're going to have a problem with. So when I look at this one, I'm looking at dealing with noise and crowds. That's one of Xavier's challenges, you know, noise and crowds. So we would check that one and we would talk about what strategies he can use. You hear that one? He can use or we can use. And I'm in this one, I'm saying he can use because he has headphones. We bring them with us when we go out. Sometimes I forget because look, I'm who I am. Okay. And it's so interesting how me and the kids balance each other. But when we have conversations ahead of time, like what can you do? You know, you're going to wear your headphones. Do you need your noise canceling headphones? Do you need to have like your bone conducting earphones so you can listen to your shows to calm yourself down? What does it feel like when you get overwhelmed? What do you think that you should do? And what happens is he makes sure that I have his headphones because sometimes I forget y'all. That's just like I say who I am. He'll have a bag before we go out and he'll make sure everything that he needs to support himself is in the bag. You know, I'll remind him, do you have your things? Do you have everything that you need for today? And he'll make sure everything's in the bag. So using this checklist just as a way of support. Holiday meals is another one. Sitting next to strangers. My son does not like sitting next to strangers. This is a good time to actually talk to him. Like, so we're going to your cousin's house to have dinner. We'll probably be sitting at a table. One of the things that may happen is just sitting next to a stranger. That's a conversation for us. And we can work around it. I can either lean into making sure that he's not sitting next to a stranger, or we can talk about it. Like, is it really a stranger? Maybe we can find someone familiar. So I think this is a great resource for everyone to use with their kids just to help navigate the holidays and social gatherings. Because we're coming out like a two-year hiatus when we weren't really 100. And I mean, we're still not 100, you know. Sometimes we get 50, 75, but it's a little bit more than what our kids are used to and us as well. So I think that these are great trips and resources And of course, you know, I got to drop something into the cipher. So the song for this episode is Family Business by Kanye West. (laughs) So interesting. So it's interesting about Mr. Kanye West is like, for me, it's like, I like you, but I don't because you just be saying stuff. But then on the other hand, given what we talk about in the show, we all have to, you know, recognize that, you know, he has some behavioral mental challenges. I didn't have to throw that in there. But the reason why I love this song, not only because it's called Family Business, but the lyrics read just remind me of when you go to a family gathering and you know, and you're sitting there with your family and people are asking you questions about, you know, your kids, about what you're doing, who, you know, if you're walking with somebody new, oh, who's that? Who's that person right there? You know, those conversations catching up you know, reminiscing about my grandma and just the entire feeling that you get when you're with family. And, you know, this song just reminds me of that feel, you know, when you're sitting there and you're sitting at the table and having a good conversation and you're passing the food along. 
But at the same time, what I like about the song is it's real. You have people asking you how your son is, because that's one of the lyrics. How's your son? He made the team this year. Oh, what? He wasn't tall enough? Right? You know what I'm talking about. That's that conversation you have with relatives sometimes. You like, are you throwing shade? Or are you just interested? Or are you being nosy? <laughs> and you know, so... You know, if you get a chance, check it out. Family Business is on the Parent and Cypher Season 3 playlist. And as usual, always have patience with yourself and your child and just bask in all of the moments. The good ones, the crazy ones. I don't necessarily say the bad ones. When you're going through something, we feel like they're bad moments. But they're not bad. They're growing moments. You know, and always feel too good. But it's just right on time. Thank you so much for listening. If this content is delivering value to you, please subscribe and go to wherever you listen to your podcast and give us a five-star review. That helps us build this community. And that's what we're all about, building this community as big as we can to deliver as much value as we can. The Parenting Cypher Podcast is produced by the Podcast Laundry Production Company and the executive producer, myself, Jeannie Dawkins. Until next time, remember to be patient with yourself and your child.